Hello and welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse who oddly enough has no kids, yet a huge passion for informing and empowering women on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me every week as we dive in to all things prenatal, postnatal, birth, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of What The Bump. Today we are going to talk about prenatal nutrition. So what you should be eating, what you shouldn't be eating, any supplementation that needs to happen before and during pregnancy. And dietary recommendations are a little bit tricky because there are multiple organizations who recommend slightly different information. So the things that I talk about, I am pulling from ACOG, which is the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, and then also the Mayo Clinic. And we all know when it comes to pregnancy and lactation and breastfeeding, there are a lot more demands on a woman's body. There's a lot more calories that you need to take in and just a lot more nutrition that the baby needs to grow. You're growing another fetus, so it's going to take more energy out of you. It's going to take more nutrients out of you, if, if that makes sense. So when we're talking about caloric intake, the recommended extra calories during pregnancy is about 300 calories a day, which is not much. I mean, 300 calories is a couple of spoonfuls of peanut butter, um, a couple bites of extra bites of your dinner, a couple extra bites of meat, 300 calories is not a lot. So when people say, oh, I'm eating for two, that is not true whatsoever. You're not eating for two. You're only needing 300 extra calories a day, which is not much at all. So I really recommend trying to keep your eating habits pretty much the same. I mean, if you don't eat a healthy diet, obviously you want to clean it up during pregnancy. But when it comes to general calories, you really don't want to be eating too much more when you get pregnant. Now, when you're lactating and breastfeeding, that's a little bit different. You need at least 500 extra calories a day, which is definitely a little bit more. And a lot of women notice that when they're breastfeeding, they notice that they are much, much, much more hungrier. And that's not to say that you're not hungrier during pregnancy and you don't get cravings during pregnancy because you definitely do. But lactating mothers definitely have a level of hunger that is next level. So when it comes to nutrients, the first one that is generally talked about and known when it comes to pregnancy is folic acid, also known as folate, and that is a B vitamin. So folic acid is what prevents major birth defects in the fetal brain, the fetal spine, which are basically known as neural tube defects. It's recommended for people to get about 400 micrograms of folic acid a day, um, but current dietary recommendations are leaning more towards the 600 micrograms. Now that's that's micrograms, okay, not milligrams. So 600 micrograms a day. And it is hard to get that recommended amount from food alone. So in general, when you take a prenatal vitamin, it is gonna have plenty of, of folate in it. It's gonna have more than what's recommended normally in one prenatal vitamin. But it is still good, of course, to try to get that through foods and take your prenatal supplement. Some people ask, well, if I'm eating, you know, folate for fortified foods and folate rich foods, do I really need to supplement it? And I would say yes, because in the end, no harm, no foul. Like it's it's not gonna hurt you to take a prenatal that has all the folic in it that you need. And there's really no no downfall to that. You're almost, it's like an insurance policy kind of taking that prenatal. Try to get it from your food, but a prenatal that's going to be rich in folate, which all of them will be, it's that extra little insurance policy that you have to make sure that your baby does not have any neurotube defects, which is definitely what you want to do. Foods that are naturally high in folic acid are going to be green leafy vegetables such as spinach. Honestly, what isn't spinach high in? It's like the go-to for every 
thing ever. But spinach, um, citrus fruits such as oranges, orange juice. Just try not to get the one with the, all the added sugar. Um, beans and then fortified bread, cereals, rice, and pasta are all going to have a good amount of folic acid. So the next is iron and iron is used obviously to make red blood cells carry the oxygen to all your vital organs, vital tissues. And during pregnancy, they say that you need about double the amount of iron. And if you think about it, that kind of makes sense because you are growing a whole baby's body and you, the baby needs blood too. So you already have your blood in you and you need a lot more. So your blood volume increases by about 60% during pregnancy, which is, which is crazy. That's a lot. So double up your amount of iron. So recommendations right now is 27 milligrams. Most prenatal vitamins are going to have at least that 27 milligrams of iron, iron rich foods. Of course you want to eat, be eating, which is going to be lean red meat, poultry, fish, cooked fish, <laughs> dry beans, peas, iron fortified cereals, and prune juice. Also, iron is a nutrient that really gets absorbed better with vitamin C. So taking your iron with citrus fruits and tomatoes is going to help the absorption of the iron. When you're eating, you know, dinner, if you're having red meat, poultry, fish, add in something citrusy, maybe some tomatoes, and that is just going to help that iron get absorbed by your body a lot more. Third, we are going to be talking about calcium. So calcium just like it does to us, builds our bones and teeth. Same thing. Um, all women, regardless of pregnancy, should be getting in about a thousand milligrams of calcium. Sources of calcium is going to be, of course, milk and dairy products such as cheese, yogurts. If you have trouble digesting dairy, you can try more like leafy green vegetables, which is going to be broccoli, dark leafy greens. Um, sardines also have a lot of calcium and then just a calcium supplement. Next is vitamin D, which works in conjunction with the calcium for the baby's bones and teeth development. So that's also essential for healthy skin and eyesight. And women right now are recommended to take in 600 IUs. So vitamin D is kind of measured in a different way. Most of the time it's like milligrams or micrograms, but it's measured in IUs, which is international units. So 600 IUs of vitamin D a day. And that is also regardless of pregnancy. That is just a recommendation for all women. Doesn't really change too much during pregnancy. Good sources of vitamin D are going to be fatty fish such as salmon and of course exposure to sunlight as we all know. Sunlight exposure converts a chemical in your skin into vitamin D, thus increasing your vitamin D. But of course still wear sunscreen. And the fifth vitamin, mineral, nutrient, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> that I want to talk to you guys about is omega-3 fatty acids. So omega-3 fatty acids is a type of fat that is found in fish and it helps the fetus's development in the brain before and even after birth. So current recommendations are to eat at least two servings of fish, which is about eight to 12 ounces. That's what a serving is per week throughout prenatal and the postnatal period. And one thing about omega-3 fatty acids and especially fish, of course, during pregnancy, you do not want to be eating any raw fish. So I'm sorry to all you sushi lovers out there. No sushi unless you get the cooked kind, of course. And then after birth, you can at least from what I've been told, you can eat fish again. You can eat sushi. Um, when it comes to breastfeeding, there's not too many dietary restrictions like there are during actual the, the actual prenatal period. But as far as fish go, you really want to be aware and avoid fish that are higher in heavy metals like mercury. That's the main one. Mercury is highly linked to birth defects. So you want to choose fish such as like shrimp and salmon, catfish. You really want to avoid... An, I don't even know if people really eat this stuff. I wouldn't at least. Um, shark, swordfish, king mackerel, marin. 
I don't know what that is. And tilefish. And then as far as tuna, you want to limit your um, white albacore tuna just because that does have higher mercury levels. And lastly, caffeine. So there are so many studies when it comes to caffeine and whether it affects birth, whether it doesn't. Um, but it, there's kind of a conclusion that it, it is linked to higher rates of miscarriage. The results are unclear though whether it's directly the caffeine because any study like that, that's that's the hard thing about birth. There's so much evidence-based prenatal and birthing and all the things which are amazing, but it is so hard to limit all the other factors in a pregnancy um, to really single out a single cause. But there has been some loose links of caffeine and miscarriage rates. So in general, it is recommended to consume less than 200 milligrams of caffeine, which is gonna be one 12 ounce cup. Another recommendation I really quickly wanted to touch on was protein intake. So when I was looking this up on ACOG and the Mayo Clinic, I I think both of them in general said like 60 to 100 grams of protein, which is great. 60 to 100 grams of protein is great. But if your body is used to eating more protein than that, like mine is, I would say to probably continue on eating the protein that you normally would eat would it would take in at least I know for me I'll be real with you my cup of coffee in the morning is like three actual cups of coffee actually try to pay attention to what 12 ounces of coffee looks like because you probably don't know what 12 ounces of coffee looks like I don't know what 12 ounces of coffee looks like I know what like 40 ounces of coffee looks like so 200 milligrams 12 ounce cup of coffee when it comes to pregnancy there are just some foods in general to kind of sum this up that you want to avoid. And that's mainly going to be raw fish, raw eggs, unpasteurized dairy, deli meat, cured meats, obviously drugs and alcohol, but you got to put it in there. And then raw sprouts and soft cheeses. And a lot of the reasons for all of this is just the risk of things being raw, uncured. is just going to be the high risk for E. coli. Overall weight gain during pregnancy really depends on your BMI before pregnancy. So it is going to be determined by whether you're considered like a normal weight, um, underweight before pregnancy or overweight. So if you are a normal, healthy, standard weight during pregnancy, you are supposed to gain about 25 to 35 pounds. If you're underweight during pregnancy, they want you to gain a little bit more than that. They want you to gain anywhere from 28 to 40 pounds. If you are overweight or obese before or during pregnancy, it is recommended to gain less than 25 pounds. And I also just want to say that your body is going to gain weight during pregnancy. It's going to change. And that should be seen as a beautiful thing. I know that I've not had a baby, so I can't tell you what it feels like because I'm sure it's really hard to see your body change to see your body get bigger every woman at some point has struggled with body image and that's definitely a hard thing but just remember that as you watch your weight increase and as you watch your body expand as you have to buy some bigger clothes it's proof and it shows that your body is growing a baby you are nurturing a baby you are doing something so beautiful so amazing or you know just might trigger an insecurity in you just remember that that that's a baby inside of you and every time you feel it kick or hear its heartbeat that is why you're doing this right now see it like that see your weight gain as such a beautiful amazing thing that you are doing and when it comes to prenatal nutrition a lot of people get cravings during pregnancy of course you get tons of cravings things that you want and a lot of times 
your body is actually really smart. It craves things that you nutritionally need. So I'm not saying you craving raw sushi is your body nutritionally needing sushi. It's not. But sushi is high in carbs. So you might be craving some carbs. So maybe go eat some rice with some cooked fish on it. And then also during pregnancy, you of course have aversions. Food aversions are things that you maybe used to like, maybe even used to love, um, but now cannot even stand. Like can't stand to look at, can't stand to smell and that is totally normal. I've heard that a big one is a big aversion is eggs. And I've heard a big craving is anybody, please tell me if you had this, is pickles and peanut butter. I have no idea how true that is, but I don't know. And then lastly, um, besides cravings and aversions, some women experience pika. And pika is a disorder that causes cravings for foods that well, they're not foods, actually. That's the whole caveat of it. it. Causes cravings for items that are not foods. There's no calorie well there's probably calories but there's no nutritional value whatsoever to it have you ever seen the show my strange addiction that's what it reminds me of it's like my strange addiction where they are just like eating so many random things i remember watching one where the woman just kept drinking her own pee that's an extreme but pika like sometimes women will want to eat clay cigarette ashes starch just like strange substances that are not edible that are not meant to eat at all when you have that usually it indicates a severe vitamin or mineral or nutritional deficiency that you're having and you need to talk to a healthcare provider you need to be seen by a healthcare provider because nobody should be craving to eat cigarette ashes their own pee gasoline or anything else that is absolutely not edible and outside of making sure that you are reaching the dietary recommendations for all these nutrients that we talked about and avoiding the foods that you should not eat just eat the things that make you feel good. Eat the things that, you know, don't make you feel bloated. Don't make your stomach hurt because there's already so much nausea and tiredness associated with pregnancy. So you really want to focus on eating a diet that is just full of minimally processed foods, full of foods that make you feel good and just really fuel your body. Think of it like that. Think of it as instead of just, you know, mindlessly eating think about eating the foods that are literally fueling the growth of your baby and that is going to help you make a ton of just nutrition choices during your pregnancy that are going to serve both you and your growing baby and that is really all i have to say on prenatal nutrition like i said you might google this or i don't know look it up on some website or ask your doctor and they might tell you some different guidelines there's so much information out there and there's so many different guidelines but just take a good prenatal and make healthy choices. And honestly, getting all the prenatal nutrition you, that you need is not hard to do with doing those two things. I eat about a gram of protein per pound of body weight. So I weigh like 145 pounds. So I eat about 145 grams of protein a day. Now, don't go do that without talking to your provider. Of course, talk to them first. But as long as they give you the green light and say that it's okay to keep eating that amount of protein, I personally would um, just because for me, like 60 60 grams is way too low. I mean, I weight train and I lift and work out pretty intensely. So I just know that my body would not feel good on 60 grams. But that is what the recommended protein intake is about 60 to 100 grams on average for a prenatal mother. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on prenatal nutrition and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and I will see you next week to talk more about the bump.
And of course, I know you all probably know this, but I have to add it in. I make every effort to broadcast correct information through this podcast, but I am still learning so much. So I am in no way providing medical advice through this podcast, just sharing the things that myself and others have experienced or learned. Make sure to consult your physician before taking anything from this podcast and changing your health. This applies to any guests or contributors that I also have on this podcast. Thank you. And I will see you next week.